Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe for your free 30-day trial subscription. Go to MUBI.com slash filmstage. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Robin Barr. Wee-woo, wee-woo. <laughs> we have Bill Graham. Don't burst the spleen, baby. <laughs> Gotta keep that spleen intact. Um... And with us today, a special guest to talk about the newest film from cinematic master and auteur Michael Bay. That is Ambulance. And our guest is Jonah Zhang. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself to our audience a little bit before we begin? Uh, Sure. Um, So my name is Jonah. I'm currently working through a... PhD in film media studies at University of Pittsburgh, and I do some film criticism on the side. My main writing gig at the moment is a column um, at for for movie actually the notebook uh, that focuses on action scenes. Uh, it's just called the action scene, and so today's topic is super up my alley, and I'm looking forward to diving in. Awesome, Ooh. yeah, no, I mean that's clearly we're a movie podcast that is sponsored by movie. And uh, we're about to talk about an action movie that one could argue is one giant action scene. So, yeah, I don't know <laughs> that there's anyone else on this earth who is better qualified <laughs> to be here right now. Yeah, on brand, I guess. Yeah, On brand <laughs> as fuck. Um, and we are here, of course, um, to talk about Ambulance by director Michael Bay. This movie stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, as well as Isaac Gonzalez. And before we get into that, uh, the usual rigmarole up front. You can follow us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook, The Film State Show. You can become patrons of this podcast by going to patreon.com slash The Film Stage Show. Uh, for as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our awesome Slack channel and um, you get first crack at all the raffles that we do for movie related stuffs. And of course, we are brought to you by Mubi, the uh, online streaming cinema that uh, curates great films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi is a brand new film. What's the timeless classic, cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece? It's guaranteed to either be a movie you've been dying to see, one you've never heard of before, and there will always be something new to discover. With movie, each and every film is hand-selected, so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch. Instead, you'll actually be watching something great. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere, and they've got some great stuff coming out. Uh, The thing that I wanted to talk about is Wasp. This is a film by Andrew Arnold, who... Currently has her movie Cow out in theaters. Reminiscent of the social realism found in her latest triumph, Cow, Andrea Arnold's bracing Oscar-winning short was shot on location in her hometown of Dartford. I'm assuming I said that right. Packing a hefty emotional punch, the film confronts the brutality of working-class motherhood with astonishing frankness and empathy. So if you are psyched up for Cow, uh, you can check out Wasp. By Andrew Arnold today, uh, that uh, short film from 2003. There's also something called Swarm Season, which sounds awesome. I don't even want to read what it's about because I just like the name and I want it to live on in my memory and imagination forever. 
So that is that. Uh, you can get a free 30-day trial subscription to movie by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial subscription to movie today. And that is it. So yeah, if uh, no one else has anything they want to talk about beforehand, we can jump straight into the action, just like Michael motherfucking Bay loves to. And talk about... Do it. Yeah. yeah. No, no build up on this one. I mean, like... Like the, I mean, we'll talk about it, but it's like the barest of buildup, and and the build and and because it's Michael Bay, the buildup is shot like an action scene too. It's great, I love it. I'm so excited to be here and talk about a Michael Bay movie that I was able to see in a theater without a mask on. So uh, here is the trailer for Ambulance. That's my brother, Will. I could use some help. My wife needs this surgery. This is real life. How's that right? You put your life down on the line for this country? You leave your family, your home? How much do you need? 231. How about more? 32 million. And I need an extra man. I came to you for a loan. Look, have I ever gotten you anything that I couldn't get you out of? It's time for you to do something for your family. What can I do you for, officer? We're just doing a transfer in the back. I'll lay you in in 20 All minutes. All right, that is the trailer for Ambulance which is out in theaters now. I'm going to read the IMDb summary, which is brisk and uh, efficient. Two robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. Clearly, there's a lot more to it than that, and we are here to talk (laughs) about it. Is there a lot more to it than that? (laughs) I mean, I would say they're not just two robbers, right? They are are brothers, as we heard in that trailer. Um, It's not like there's no one else in the ambulance. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on. This movie's got gears, baby. Does that answer your question? <laughs> I hear you. I okay. hear you. All right, cool. All right. Uh, let's begin with our guest uh, with our nutshell reviews. Jonah, what are your thoughts on Ambulance? Uh, yeah, so I'd say my reaction would be sort of gently positive overall. And we could sort of. <laughs> get into it more um i like the second half more than the first half and we can talk a little bit more about that i guess in the spoiler section um but one thing i found interesting about this film in particular was the way it's sort of minimalist high concept premise you know it's just like an ambulance ride away from cops chasing basically the whole movie and i feel like the minimalism of this premise really throws into relief just how maximalist bay style is um, so I was like watching this and I knew vaguely of the plot, you know, I was thinking of stuff like speed, for example, and I was thinking, oh, this seems like a kind of more, uh, sort of smaller scale, sort of more linear and, um, more constrained narratively and setting wise, I guess for a Bay film, but then you're watching it and there are these like insane bay flourishes and i guess we might maybe talk about the use of like drones like in this in this film um <laughs> really why would we have yeah, to do that <laughs> or, or not or not just throw it there and then move on but um yeah i remember there's like the one character one of the cop characters i think he he like described his tactical approach as like a mix between a chess game and a cage match mm-hmm. and for me like this movie that sort of encapsulate encapsulates the film for me where it's like on the one hand there's the chess game aspect where it's about like straight line driving down LA highways and like how to outmaneuver the cops. But then you have these sort of crazy like moments of stylistic bombast, like from Bay, just like 
hitting you with his maximalist style. And I feel like the tension here really underlines just how like big and I keep using that word, but maximalist uh, base style is. And so I won't say more for now. We can leave it for the spoiler section, but I think this straddling these two tendencies uh, sort of my reaction of gently positive has to do with how well the film does that, I suppose. All right. Bill Graham, what about yourself? Man, I wish I really enjoyed this film. Um, I think it says a lot that I got out of this film and I immediately had a headache. Uh, I guess I haven't seen a Michael Bay <laughs> film. Related in related to your food poisoning? Yeah. My uh, no, that was a day day later. Oh, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I saw this on a Saturday. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, Related to that, I, I guess I haven't seen a Michael Bay film in theaters in quite a while. I think, I guess the last one, no, nah, I guess maybe it was, uh, what, what was the one with The Rock? Pain with, and game. uh, yeah. Was that before or after the last Transformers? Because Bay stopped doing the Transformers, right? Um, after like the the fifth one or some ungodly number like that, I think. So what's the the Transformers movies? I'm having trouble with because they don't have numbers. They have they have sub- sure. So there's Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the Moon, Age of Extinction, The Last Night, and he did all of those. The he did all of them. The Last Night. I thought. Oh wow! Okay, there's, so there's another then, one isn't there, or is there not? I did, I, I did not see. Uh, oh no! Well, there there is another uh, Transformer well, spinoff. Bumblebee. Yeah, there's that's, Bumblebee, that's which not, was not him. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's the light. Um, yes. Uh, well, anyways, uh, I enjoyed Bumblebee much more than I enjoyed ninety uh, percent of Bay's uh, Transformers films. Uh, but yeah, so I guess I haven't seen one between Pain and Gain and the I did not see the last fucking Transformers movie. Uh, God, no. Uh, the fourth one was uh, excruciating enough. Um, and I think that one was also like two and a half to close to three hours, um, which, of course, all of his films are just bloated and overlong. Um, but so I guess I, I just haven't seen him in a little while. Um, and so this one was very kind of just a shock to remember all of his fancies and all of his things that he enjoys doing, which is taking conversations between like two people, which should be just a tour, right? Uh, or a single shot and then a reverse shot and throws like a, a 360 gyro cam into it. And you're just like, okay, fucking a like Jesus it's, Christ. It is more than that. It is low angle. It is a yes. 360 swirl. But at the same time, the characters are also moving in an opposite swirl. Yes. And you're cutting oh my three God. different swirls that all happened at different speeds and different rotations. And the characters aren't even facing each other at various points. They're no, like they are side by side to shoulder face. Yes. In opposite directions staring yes. at each other's scalp. <laughs> I'm also I want everyone at home to know I am saying this with love. 
<laughs> he is he is so gonzo and he is so over the top that like in so many cases it works really well in a in a case like you know um the rock or con air or any number of these films um did he do con air before no, i no, fucked that up no. okay it's it seems like he did and con, con air, air and face off <laughs> exist in this weird moment where it was just like nick cage action star and it was all like yes 90s directors who were really awesome <laughs> and had like these crazy visual styles but um mm-hmm. no only one of those was by michael bay the other one okay was by well he... and the other one was by oh god i can't remember his name yeah i, I don't know uh, um damn i don't remember yeah anyways um so i've i've seen a lot of bay films um throughout the years and i've always been a like I've been a defender of like the Island and some of of his other films that people kind of shit on. Um, even, you know, the first transformers film I think is fucking great. Like I really enjoy it. So it's not that I'm necessarily a Bay hater. Um, but my God, this film is, is just so much. Um, I think if this had an actual editor, um, that, that actually wrangled control from Bay and maybe shaved 20, to 30 minutes off of this film uh i think it would be a lot more intelligible it would be a lot more entertaining i feel like this film kind of sputters at certain points and that's unfortunate because it has a premise that just kind of takes off and and you're interested and it's interesting and you know um and then he just piles on character after character after character even like an hour into the film uh which is (laughs) Not necessarily what you want. Um, you don't want to be gaining characters as this film is, uh, you know, trundling along towards its end. Uh, you want to be losing characters. Um, and certainly we lose some characters. Uh, and that's another part of it is it was hard to really understand the tone of this film. Um, some people die and you're you struggle to understand whether you're supposed to be taking that seriously. And to the point where one of the characters dies and they don't even put an emphasis on the fact that he actually did die. And so for the rest of the movie, you're kind of like, Oh, Oh, okay. I'm just not going to see that character anymore. Oh, that means he's dead. Oh, okay. Um, so there are several moments like that, that happen in this film where you just kind of left wondering and left guessing as to whether this is supposed to be hilarious or supposed to be sad or any number of things. Um, but overall, uh, I did still enjoy the film despite coming out with a headache, but I think that's about as kind as, uh, you know, recommendation as I can say for this. Um, if, if you're into Bay boy, yeah, this is, this is a lot of Bay. It's the only place to go for pure uncut Bayhem. <laughs> All right. Robin Barr, what are your thoughts on ambulance? I liked the phrase that Jonah used. Like I, I gently liked this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually kind of have this opposite problem with as bill where he came out of it probably like a bit overstimulated and headachey. I actually kept fighting dozing off during the movie. Um, Hmm. So I I don't know what it is with me in big action movies, but I, so I I didn't sleep through the movie just FYI, but it's not like that one movie that you did fall asleep during. 
I fell asleep during Rogue One, like within the first 15 minutes and woke up during the last scene. Um, <laughs> no, wasn't there another movie recently where you like missed like a Yeah, The Green Knight. Oh, that was it. Yeah. What? No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I only dozed off a little bit like a baby, but I didn't miss the movie for sure. I did like not. Like those, those internet videos of a puppy that's like about to fall asleep, but then it hits its face on something and wakes up. Yeah, so that's the thing. So like there were like some things that, I don't know what was going on, but I definitely dozed off during like the scenes where everybody is talking about like, you know, like Bill, you mentioned a spleen thing, which I won't spoil, but I definitely was like, what? I (laughs) don't remember that. Um, But I I mean, I, I definitely saw the movie. That being said, the parts of the movie that, really worked for me i think are also the things that make it a hard movie to love like you guys were talking about the cinematography and the editing and and those are the things that certainly made it interesting um then again i don't really have a huge point of reference because and please don't bite my head off here but i don't think i've ever seen a michael bay movie um, so I don't know what his style is like. I don't know if this is innovative for him or if this is very much his uh, within his wheelhouse. It sounds like it's a little bit innovative, um, just given the what we talked about with the drone shots and everything. And I found that stuff like really fascinating. But also at the same time, I'm like, I can't fucking see this movie. Like, <laughs> I can't see Robin. anything happening. Robin, real quick. I'll, I'll go through his history. All right? Bad do. boys. The Rock. No. No. Armageddon, Never. Pearl Harbor, Bad Definitely Boys not. 2, The no. Island, Transformers, what is any the of them. Island? You don't know The Island? What is happening? <laughs> oh, man. Bobby no. Barr is not a real human uh, being. No. She is from Pain and Gain. the Mandela Effect universe. Oh, wait. Uh, I think I saw Pain and Gain, but I remember literally nothing. That's okay. You still saw it. Uh, okay. 13 Hours. No. The, the Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> uh, Six Underground, which was on Netflix. No, and definitely not one single Transformer. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Ne- never seen a Bay film. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm what you might call a baby. So I guess my question <laughs> is, yeah, kill myself. Uh, so I guess my question is, what is different about this movie versus his other movies? Uh, I, I guess that's a question for later because I'm still not. You know, I'm still kind of processing my. My thoughts. I really liked uh, Gyllenhaal in this. He's both really annoying and also doing exactly what Gyllenhaal does best, which is playing this like an unhinged live wire uh, who also has a sort of like black comedy tinge. And and I thought he was very good in it. Um, and uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen is also very good, but in a, in a much more subtle way. So he doesn't get that same kind of like flashy on-screen presence that Gyllenhaal was hired to do yet. He still brings heart to the movie. I think the person that I probably related to least in the whole movie um, was the, I forget her name and I'm looking it up right now. Lisa Gonzalez. Um, Thank you. Lisa Gonzalez. uh, Who plays Isa. Isa. I thought it was Elisa or is her name Elisa in the movie? No, no, in the movie, her name is cam. It's E I Z A Gonzalez. Oh my God. I added several letters reading about her yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So she's definitely hired because she's pretty. I didn't really get much from her character and she's supposed to be the, (laughs) she's supposed to be like the the true heart of the movie. You know, the person that's like both a badass and can do like 
everything in, in her job, you know, without even cracking, you know, without even like sweating basically. Um, and yet has to keep her composure when she's taken hostage. And I just kept thinking like, I don't fucking buy a single moment of this woman's medical miracles that she's performing. So, and, and also, I don't know, this is something we should probably talk about as a group, but I just was like a little bored with the whole like rah, rah cop thing. Maybe this is like another feature of Michael Bay, but I felt like we were supposed oh, yeah. to care more that the person in the ambulance was a police officer. Um, and maybe that just made the stakes higher. I don't know. Maybe that's just everybody. I think it's, was- I think it's a reason for the cops to hold back. I don't know that we're supposed to care about it so much. Correct. Okay. Except yeah. for the fact that like okay. he was just there cause he's like a shy guy who wanted to hit on a girl and was bad at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that to like, care about him more about his personality than his uniform. Cause he's like a little baby rookie and yeah, he's like three weeks out of Academy. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I get that. I just wasn't sure like how we were supposed to be positioned here. Also, again, hardcore take from Robin, uh, cop killer. <laughs> I shut up. It's not. I don't feel that way. But I just kept thinking like, are we the are we the um, viewers supposed to like feel sadder about this person's plight because they're a police officer as opposed to just like a random victim? I think really it's just meant to amp up the stakes and like you said uh both ensure why the cops are so like the you know regular police department are so um lenient <laughs> lenient like like cautious yeah. cautious but also vociferous it's at also the, same time. the reason that the ambulance is able to leave the cordon at all is that you know that they're like we got a cop here like we got to get this guy to the the station not the station yeah <laughs> the, so like to ER. me the story it just like the basic conceit, which I think you really love, Brian, is that this that robbers steal an ambulance, and like that's that's it, that's the story. Whereas all the things that are supposed to offer flesh to the story, like the whole you know, this guy's wife has cancer, which like is the worst MacGuffin of all time, they trying to get her like surgery money, and then the brother is like this crazy fucking guy, and then this chick is like, um medical student turned EMT like none of it just worked for me but what did work was just the straight up like this is so you know to use Jonah's words like this is so fucking maximalist and I don't even know what's going on and like what are all these drone shots and I can't see anything but like I'm also amped up by it like that's what worked for me all right um I loved this movie (laughs) this this movie this movie uh, reminds me what I love about the movies, which is just the like seeing shit that you don't see anywhere else. Like that's just like never going to happen in your normal life and seeing, you know, perfectly beautiful people lit in absurd ways. And, you know, with the, the camera zooming around them with the sunlight filtering through a bunch of American flags waving everywhere. I mean, Robin, you asked uh, Michael Bay if he's got a thing about the cops. He loves anyone in uniform. He's okay. he's a fan of the military. He's a fan of cops. Um, it's it's like the brass that he always has a problem with. He's one of those What's guys. What does that mean? Oh my god, Robin, are you an alien? <laughs> You've never seen a Michael <laughs> Bay movie. You don't know what the brass means. It means like I the don't. people. It means like the people in control. It's like, you know, the generals for whom life is like, you know, measured in the thousands dead just to capture an oil field, you know. But what Michael Bay has respect for 
is the platoon on the ground who just, you know, okay, wants yeah, to protect yeah. their brothers. <laughs> you know? Understood. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, I love this movie. This movie was great. I, you know, when we, when we open up and we've got like, you know, Asa Gonzalez saving a girl who's impaled by uh, a fence. I was like, oh shit, this is like, there's some intensity. I walked into this movie not knowing what the rating was. And when I saw a little girl impaled by a fence, I was like, well, it's got to be R. There's just. <laughs> so that was fun. And then, you know, you got, you got, uh, yeah, Abdul Mateen second standing there talking on the phone to, I can't even determine if the thing that he was talking to on the phone was an actual human being or one of those like Google duplex, like almost real human voice things. Which I thought was was kind of brilliant. Um, and then you know he looks at his he looks at his wife who he loves and God he loves his baby so much and you know yeah he's gonna go get a job you know he's gonna but oh no that he's baby to wasn't his, real he's gonna see his narr- <laughs> you think the baby, the baby looks so fake <laughs> I don't even like know. here's this giant bundle like it was no human should be able to carry that much blanket anyway I don't even know what to make of what you just said um, <laughs> and then. He goes and he sees his brother. His brother opens the door and he whips off his sunglasses and he's like, ah, yeah, dad, LT, the game, whatever. And just like, just like, I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're going to spend a couple days with these characters and then we're going to get into the ambulance. And instead it was like, no, this heist is happening imminently (laughs) and these guys haven't spoken in years. And Jake Gyllenhaal has to sell that somehow he's got the crazy ass madcap charisma to talk this guy into joining a heist and he does and he does it and it's great and i liked their 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 interplay i like jake gyllenhaal swinging between like different levels of insane mania i love that someone <laughs> showed michael bay that youtube video with the drone going through the bowling alley and michael bay was what if that's the movie <laughs> and i love i don't know i just had a great time with this and when it was over i like skipped out of the movie theater and I was like, the movies are back, baby. And um, yeah, I, I loved the hell out of it. It was great. <laughs> I don't know. But like, you also have to remember, I'm the guy who like gave five stars to Triple Nine. I am predisposed to like yeah. urban, you know, gunfight heist movies where no character is like really that clean and everything is terrible. And we're like weirdly in deep to like different kinds of ethnic mobs and everything is poorly all the time i just saw uh den of thieves which i thought was fucking fantastic and so it's not like i don't like these films now famously uh i do not like triple nine um although i really enjoyed the screenplay but yeah i did not like that film um uh so you know I, i guess your results may vary. <laughs> yeah, your mileage may vary. But, but yeah, uh, so, do we want to? Uh, do we want to just jump into? Do we want to just jump into spoilers? Because yes. I, I feel like this film is just kind of impossible to really like actually sink into without getting into it. I would. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'll just. I'll say to anyone who's like, "Oh no, they're getting spoilers already." Like, you could still listen. I don't think it matters. I don't think knowing where this movie goes. In fact, I no. would wager that if you walk into this movie, you already know exactly where it's going to go. Like, uh, you, I, th- I think it, it's got some surprises up no, its sleeve. I'm definitely surprised. Like, well, Robin, honestly. you've never seen a Michael Bay movie, and you don't know what the brass <laughs> means, so your opinion is completely useless. I'm a woman. 
<laughs> oh my god! Wait, where's your? Is your husband ever seen a Michael Bay movie? I think he's probably seen all of them like a thousand times. Yeah. Right. So this is, that's even all right. Interesting. Anyway, yes, I'm fine to jump into spoilers because I just want to talk. In fact, the one thing I would say is a spoiler that I want to just say right off the bat is that this movie has a point where the drone camera goes under a car that has jumped off of a ramp. And it's incredible. And I cheered in the theater. <laughs> I I was I was hard pressed to like really see any of the awesome stunts. The only one that really caught my eye that I thought was really fucking cool was the helicopter sequence when it's going underneath the uh, the L.A. River like overpass. Um, that was pretty fucking gnarly to look at because you could tell uh, it was it was definitely practical. Like that actually happened, um, which yeah, is just like- an insane thing to like set up and execute like I, I like what is the insurance policy you pull on that like okay um we're gonna do this insane stunt here's our parameters here's our you know metrics of uh failing this stunt and uh we're gonna take like a million dollar you know uh aeronautical like vehicle and do this in a public setting <laughs> You're just like, what? Like, you know, people give crew shit all the time for doing crazy stunts, but at least he's usually doing it away from like the public, you know? I don't know. This this seems fucking bananas that they were able to pull this off, but uh I I really enjoyed the sequence. Yeah, I just Nobody I else? Like, yeah. I, I was gonna say, like, I think that one of the things I like about this movie is that like I don't know when we go. I haven't been to. I I've been to the theater a couple times since the pandemic eased up, or you know, we just entered our new age of ambivalence. It's um, over. It's over. It's great. I don't know. I'm I'm in this weird place where like I enjoy the fact that I don't have to wear a mask. I like going able being able to go and do stuff again. And I know that like it's risky, but life has always been risky, and I'm not about to like continue to live in fear. It's been two years. I just can't handle this anymore. Um, but like. I I like the fact that like I'm watching this movie and you, like like you said Bill like I there are cars crashing there's like helicopters under bridges like I just I just miss the sense of tactility that like I feel like I haven't been getting from a lot of the major blockbusters that I've seen and like Dune I would say I I also felt this way towards but I feel like I could just feel the good the the like well integrated nature of all that stuff and so I could admire sure. it and it was like awesome to look at and like you suspend your disbelief. But there's something about not having to suspend your disbelief because they really did explode a car. <laughs> and um, sure. Like I love this. That. This I film like has this film apparently has very uh, minuscule amounts of credits. Apparently, you know, there there is not a lot of uh, a CGI budget on this film, which, uh, you know, I, I guess if, if you're shooting it in L.A. and you're doing all this stuff, I guess, you know, you, you, and you're Michael fucking Bay, you get to get away with a lot of that shit. Yeah, and I'm um, not a Luddite who's like CGI bad all time. You know, like I sure. get it. I like it. Like I just said, I think that, you know, Dune did it incredibly well. I think that uh, well, I was just about to name another Denis Villeneuve movie, but like most of the time, we're not giving CGI the credit it deserves because we don't even realize it's CGI. You know, like that's sure that's how I think about it. But this movie, uh, there is just something awesome about it and about seeing it, and even just like seeing guns that are clearly using blanks, <laughs> like just things like that. Where I'm like, yay, this is incredible, and I can't believe I get to watch this. 
I definitely... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, good. I was going to say, I I definitely... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, Robert, you can finish. No, 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 please do, please do. (laughs) No, no, I just... um, I was wondering how, what you guys... I guess Robin hasn't seen any other Bay movies, except maybe Penn and Gain, but um, I guess Brian and Bill, like, how do you think the, I guess, the action here stacks up against Bay's other set pieces? So, I mean, I think that you you can chart a line of like Bay's freneticism going more and more insane as you look at his yeah. entire filmography. I mean, like, I think I, I don't know if I've seen Bad Boys, oddly enough. Um, I, I know that The Rock is pretty spot on. Like, you know, The Rock can hold a shot for more than a second and a half. I know that <laughs> I liked Armageddon. I liked how he managed the uh, the ground level views of like the the asteroids uh, debris field impacting the Earth. I don't remember P- Pearl Harbor like at all. I know I saw it because oh, it was man. a birthday. I remember me. that. Yeah, I remember I, crying like a fucking baby. Yeah, I remember going. <laughs> oh my to see god, it. it's boy Titanic. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Why, it but is. It's better. Missile shot. I remember. <laughs> it is. It is better than Boy Titanic because it has a love triangle, and you you don't know who to root for. Mm. It doesn't have a cow. <laughs> you you root for Kate Beckinsale. That's who you root right. for. I just want her to be happy. God, God, she is fucking gorgeous in that movie. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just got completely derailed because you mentioned Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as we should. World War II nurse with the hair and the ruby red lips and the looking wistfully up into the sky as the wind blows. Like, good Lord. Like, how did we ever collectively get over that? But anyway, I like the island, but the island is definitely where it's like, all right, Michael, all right, dude, come on. Maybe we need to like hang out and chill a little bit. Maybe like you should smoke some weed. Um, I saw, I think, two or three of the Transformers. Um, <laughs> they bleed together. Yeah. After, after the first one, they really do. I Yeah. Like, I remember kind of liking the first one. I remember like going to see that in theaters with a friend because I liked Michael Bay. Like, I liked Armageddon. I liked The Rock. I liked Pearl Harbor to an extent. And I was like one of six people who saw the island in theaters because that was a like monstrous bomb at the box office. But I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted him to succeed. And I monkey paw style got that wish because then he did Transformers for the next 12 years. Um, (laughs) I I didn't see 13 hours or six underground. I do want to see 13 hours. Because as we all know, I'm a QAnon believer and Hillary said, stand down. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I he's, think he's, that, he's joking, by the way. Just, <laughs> just for our guests. Just like, yeah. Uh... Oh, yes. Yeah, 13, no, I'm not really 13 hours. Movie. Yeah, you should. That. 13 hours is probably, well, I haven't rewatched like Armageddon in a while, but 13 hours is probably my favorite bay, at least yeah, like from a spectacle standpoint. Yeah, wow. no, I mean it looked yeah. great, and I like yeah. I like most of the people in it. Like that's why that's like John Krasinski yeah. first being like, "Look, guys, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. I'm a real man. <laughs> oh, it's got James Bachdale. <laughs> I in got it. a beard. How am I not see this movie? It's got James Bachdale in it. Who? James Bachdale. Oh, I thought you were saying Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale, <laughs> James Bachdale, <laughs> fighting a whale. <laughs> that would be great. Um. Yeah, no, James Badgedale's like my 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 guy. Like, if I were ever to like sit down and be like, I need to just like complete the filmography of one human being, it'd probably be James Badgedale. You but, still need to see Rubicon. Uh, I've seen. Uh, yeah, I do need to see Rubicon. Uh, I did see The Empty Man not too long ago. That was a fantastic oh, movie. Such a good movie, dude. That's on my list. Ruled. 
I was like, are they going there? And then they went there and I was so happy because I'm the only person I think I knew who knew what a tulpa was before that movie. <laughs> and in fact, if you go on this podcast, go scroll down Mothman. Find the Mothman Prophecies episode where what? where Mary Beth McAndrews and I go fucking deep on what a tulpa is and what the men in black are and all that shit. Um, Wait a minute. I asked a lot of questions that day. Yes, we, we, it was one of our, it was one of our, uh, it was one of our what's McCullets. I was like, a, what a fucking classic. Choice. It was a classic episode. Wow. Cause I think, so it started as a joke because we had Mary Beth on an episode for like a real, a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> and she and I bonded over our cryptid love, and we just kept saying throughout that episode, you're coming back for the Mothman Prophecies episode. And one week, oh we had God. nothing to do. And so we, like a tulpa, through our collective thought energy, made that episode into a reality. Yeah, I had to pay for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> all of that I am so sorry for you, Bill. All of that to say, I, I know Michael Bay's style. That's why I was able to talk about exactly how he does the the rotating, you know, masculine conversation thing. Um, and I like it. And I think that this movie, just by dint of the fact that it is all car chase, might go a little too hard into that. Because I know that, like, the island, like, did, like, a couple of car chase style set pieces and they kind of got a little nutty. Um, and I think that this one has a, the tendency to go a little overboard, but like I said, I, I kind of dig it. And I, I was kind of, I was on board for it. You dig it for two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, yep. No, okay. I get that. You love this movie, but two Better and a half hours is like extreme filler for a movie like this. Like this movie should be no more than an hour 40. Oh, this tops. movie would be like all time awesome like the shallows level like brian rowan's programmer of the year if it were like an hour and 40 minutes Mm -hmm. but i didn't have i didn't have trouble with the extra 30 minutes what does it do what does the extra 30 minutes do it doesn't do anything it just gives me a little more of it like what pissed me off and since we're in spoilers yeah why did the ending have to be like a hundred hours long. Like once <laughs> those once those bitches get shot, it's like we get it. We don't need to pan over Gyllenhaal's face like fifteen times trying to muster up any emotion we have for this absolute piece of shit hey, asshole who hey, deserves to die. That was his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a great brother that he murdered. <laughs> he had actually. I do think. Yeah. yeah. No, I just I agree yeah. with Robin. I think if the film just ended there with the overhead shot with the money sort of just littered across like, yes. around the bodies, I think that would have been a perfectly symbolic punchy ending. <laughs> they just stopped it there. But yeah, it did go on a little long. It did go on. And I will say that I actually I was I was expertly manipulated by the the way that the ending was shot and edited. Um I was watching that that woman, uh Asa Gonzalez's character, Cam, walking through the hospital. And they kept cutting back to uh, Yalia. Uh, Ab, uh, Yal- I've been saying his name. Yalia Abdul Mateen the second, and then the other guy, the cop, whose name is is lost to time. Um, and I was like, "Oh, which cop? There's like a thousand. The, the the main cop, the shot cop, shot cop. What's what's shot cop? Jackson White, I think. Jackson Officer White, Zach. Officer Zach. Oh, that's right. Katie Segal's son, actually. In oh. Real life. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
anyway, uh, yeah, so they keep they keep going between Yaya Abdul-Mateen II and Shot Cop. And I'm like, oh, who is she going to go see? Like, is she going to go, like, have a moment with Shot Cop? And, like, that's going to be, like, her whole, like, like, are they somehow going to become romantically involved? And I was like, oh, I hope it doesn't do that. But then it's like, oh, is she going to go, like. Somehow romantically involved with the married man who just killed people for his wife no cancer. i was talking about shot cop the, the cop oh. that got shot. no he's got to be with the bank teller even if she didn't want to be with him right well so that was my thought was like, so the movie's got to end with with us knowing that yaya abdul mateen's wife is cool with him which we do we don't know how cool because she just says i love you she doesn't say i forgive you for the immense amount of trouble you've put this family in but it is good <laughs> to know the love is still there and then i'm like so where is this woman going where is cam going is cam gonna go like say what up to Yaya, or is she gonna go to the cop that got shot? And like, there's gonna it, be it took me. But instead, instead, she goes and she pulls the file on the little girl, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's what her arc was. She's gonna go and she's gonna check out this little girl, and she goes to the little girl, and they hold each other's hand, and the little girl mirrors her line back to her about not letting go, and I like legitimately had tears in my eyes as the movie. Ended. Oh wow, I I was so confused. You. I was I was so confused who that that kid was. It took me so like so long. I understand to the point where I was like, "Is this her child? I'm. I does she have a daughter? Is this why she's so like two and a half hours? Yes. I was just like, "What is going on in this film? I didn't know she had a secret child, and I thought." Maybe maybe the arc was this is why she's so like standoffish to like her job and stuff like that. She's got a kid that she's like secretly thinking about all the time and like, God, like you know, putting is. all the effort, all the effort and like emotion into her kid that's in the ICU. And then I was just like, oh, this is the fucking kid. Wait, no, I love this is going to ruin a literal Les Miserables style. Like, <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, is now that just ruined her career as an EMT, because basically what it means is that now every kid that she rescues, she's not going to have like be fucking imprinted on. And like, it's just going to devastate her. So, you know, now she she was kind of the the tough, like, you know, nothing gets under her skin kind of, you know, a hell of a EMT, but, you know, won't let anybody get close. And now she's going to be fucking crying every time she rescues somebody oh, no, so not. you know gonna that's not gonna work she's, she's not gonna, gonna rescue anyone she's gonna she's gonna go back to medical school guys this oh, is like no, obviously maybe. the next step because i mean look she, she can fix in, a spleen in amptulins <laughs> with with two, a fucking which like I, I i i will i will push a lot of credibility throughout this film and throughout michael bay and all of that when they stop up a a artery like an arterial vein or whatever with a hair clip i was like okay what the fuck are we doing like hey, come on like that was yeah. definitely like one of those with like the multi-claw ones i know what those do to hair like they don't line up they just kind of go past each other <laughs> it's yeah, just like what is this pretty tight have you never got a finger no there's no. not a single woman that was probably involved in this movie at all. <laughs> like i mean i'll go through the the production list but i'm like not one single vagina 
uh, but no, I, I thought I thought that that really strained the credibility during that sequence. I was like, can't we find just any any clip anywhere else along along this giant ambulance? We can't, you know, it, one of the drivers couldn't just have a clip ready and just be like, oh, you need a clip? I got a clip. Check this out. Like, I got a tack vest. <laughs> Here you go. I got 15 clips, you know. I actually do have a question about logistics. So my companions- I will say casting and production design were done by women as was set decoration, costume design. <laughs> yeah. Like, duh, dude, they, <laughs> that's what women do in these second types unit of director or of- assistant director. Mm-hmm. Art department, graphics manager was Lauren mm-hmm. Baker. All right, let's move on. What, what were you going to say, Robin? I was going to ask. So uh, my companions and I who saw this movie could not really understand the purpose of the spray painting. Like we didn't understand why. Oh, yeah. Just get like multiple <laughs> decoys. Like why did the ambulance have to be painted green? What did that do? I think so. I- if I'm not mistaken, I think that was a missing thread because they don't really touch on it that I'm aware of. But I think the idea was that the infrared cameras were not going to be able to like capture and lock onto them as easily. But ultimately, I don't think it ended up going anywhere because A, the original plan was to paint that sucker blue. Which, okay, now that it's a completely different color, it still works, I guess, maybe? I think the plan was just, an ambulance is very identifiable by the stripes and stuff on it, and so if you even just fuck it up a lot so it looks like a shitty van, people will not look at it as five other ambulances are driving away. Mm-hmm. Especially if That's I mean, what like, I thought. I don't know how. Also, I, I don't know what you guys' lives are like, but I see a lot of poorly painted vans in my life. <laughs> no, I'm not a dirtbag like some people. I'm not a dirtbag anymore, but I have been a dirtbag, and many of my friends are dirtbags. <laughs> my, my best friends are dirtbags. Um, <laughs> yeah, Robert I Kennedy don't know. was a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's uh, just like what every time I say, like, a lot of my friends are. I think of that famous thing, like, you know, I worked with Robert Kennedy. Robert Kennedy was a friend of mine. You, sir, know Robert Kennedy. It's like a lot of my friends are dirtbags. I've worked with a lot of dirtbags. You, sir, are no dirtbag. Okay. All right. So, Jonah, like, tell us what you thought about this film in a little bit more depth and detail. Like, what what were your big takeaways? What were your, Did like, you cry when <laughs> she went and saw the <laughs> Yeah. Um... Uh, well, about the little girl, I guess I was in between Brian and Bill. I remembered who she was, but I didn't quite cry. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I guess my impression is just sort of to elaborate what I originally said. Um, I think it was around the point when the cops brought in the snipers um, and then mm-hmm. they like um, also ended up in the den of that other gang that helped them escape. Um, I think when they were like more explicit developments in the plot and more of a sense of strategy like the uh, camera had to like you know like decide whether to hide under the gurney or like alert the drivers that they were snipers and it was just more like sort of micro narrative decisions i think i I was became a little more engaged um because then it felt like there was you know like bay's sort of stylistic sort of um 
maximalism was store, sort of like counterbalanced by this sort of sense of strategy that I found more engaging. Um, whereas in the first half, to me, um, I guess maybe partially it's because Bay's like sort of hyper kinetic style just like persists even through like relatively quiet conversation scenes. It's like con- the film constantly is at this sort of crank to 11 sort of register. And I think, I guess it just didn't feel, it just felt like a lot of noise. And so like when they were like driving first, got, they got in the ambulance and they're like barreling down the highway. It almost to me didn't feel like it, it felt like almost didn't feel like a car chase to me. It just felt mm-hmm. like they were in some, like it, it could have just, it, the the whole scene could have been, you know, just stationary, uh, like a, like a, a house surrounded by cops and base style would still be working in overdrive. And so I didn't really get a sense of like speed and like strategy and how the cars are driving and maneuvering. And, and therefore it just felt kind of a lot of like, very, just a lot of noise. And I think mm-hmm. I like the second half more because if it was more, there's like a little more sense of geography and like a strategy to counterbalance like base tendencies. And I, I just found the latter half more enjoyable for that reason. It felt more yeah. like a, like playing grand theft auto five where you just, <laughs> Are like immersed in the wider geography of LA. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just thought that was much more interesting than mm-hmm. some of I the f- because I feel like the first half of the movie does a lot of character negotiation where you're like, who's loyal to who and like what's going on here, and you know, who um what is this person's motivation? What what's that person's motivation? And I just didn't care all that much about the narrative elements because what really what really makes the movie pop are those kinetic features that you're talking about, Jonah. And I think the second half of the movie really relies on that. Cause you're just like adrenaline rush for the entire time. And I like whether, you know, the EMT saves this person from a sniper or saves this person's body from going into shock or whatever. Like I, I don't care about any of that. I don't even care if Jake Gyllenhaal is like mad at his brother or happy with his brother, like whatever. They're just, I wanted to see it through. And I actually was probably most interested in like Garrett Dillahunt's character. Like I was just like, what's going on with him? Cause what's his, what's his play here? Um, and then it didn't really matter cause he died. So that was a bit disappointing, but I guess somebody had to die that you cared about. His dog, I guess. What? Yeah, his dog lived though. The dog was never in danger. The dog, uh, was, yeah. the dog was totally in danger. The dog, the dog was in the car <laughs> of the cop who was getting shot at by by Jake Gyllenhaal. That yeah, but like, what I mean is, like, narratively, reason. like you know, they weren't going to kill the dog. I don't know. They put a fence through a little girl, so I was like, all right, well, there's there could be some stuff here. Nobody like. I bet you anything, a thousand directors would kill a little girl versus killing a dog. Very few directors kill dogs. Yes. Uh, all the dog films uh, would beg to differ. So. No, no, I mean, kill them in like a, like, I'm just going to yeah. shoot your dog kind of way, as opposed to like, sure. my dog had cancer and changed my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm it's, thinking it's, of funny it's, games, and it's like funny games mm-hmm. says, why not do both? 
Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting that that y'all actually enjoyed the second half more because I I think maybe it had already worn me so thin by the time we get to the second half that I was kind of ready for it to wrap up. Um, by the time they introduce like Poppy and some of the other gangsters, I was just like, "What is oh, this yeah, film doing?" So and the fact that they like they like uh hint and show like what they're doing like four or five different times you're like i get it they're they're putting a thing inside a vehicle it's going to go crazy on these cops like i get it and they kept showing them like put it together and put it together and i was just like i don't why why are we doing this like I, i already got it um so I thought that was weird. But yeah, when when Garrett Dillahunt, who is now like one of my favorite, like small actors, like I, I enjoy Our him. Directors. Yeah, I enjoy him being like a bad guy. He was in a bad he was a bad guy in this. Uh, uh, not the rock. Uh, the other guy that kind of reminds me of the rock, Jason Momoa, uh, except a lot more hair. Um but he was in a film with with uh, Jason Momoa where he plays a bad guy that was really enjoyable. Um, and yeah, he's he's kind of become like a very steady like I like his character work and I like his like kind of attitude. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy when he's in these kind of films. But yeah, the way he got got. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why, why, why do, why do, hey, why are they keep, why do they keep shooting at this thing that's obviously automated? Like, you're not doing anything. And then B, why do you keep stepping in front of the fucking fray of it? Like, fucking go to the sides, you dummies. I don't know. That was a, that was a weird action sequence that I was just like, this just gets worse. Like, this is not getting better. Yeah. And I just, I didn't understand the point of making the, the quote-unquote gang the real villains of the movie like first of all where'd y'all come from like why are you mad about everything like this was (laughs) it was just like a total i don't know i didn't understand the narrative purpose of it of of having Mm -hmm. uh some shady like vaguely racist third act surprise like oh these are the these are the real baddies like we're, these are the ones we're supposed to be afraid of and this i don't is know that get. i would call them the the real baddies i mean like no one in this movie is like perfectly clean nobody is but like we're supposed to, they're like the ones that are not even that don't even have a moral shade they're just bad and all have to die because they're asking um they're asking the main two robbers to like give up the hostages to kill them for some fucking reason. Yeah, but Jake Gyllenhaal's totally fucking cool with it. Like, he is also a terrible human being. Yeah, no, he's awful. I'm just, it, but it just didn't make any sense that you have them as this, like, uh, I don't know if it's like deus ex machina kind of thing. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. And it felt like it took away from, it took away from the real stakes of the movie. Um, without actually giving us any any kind of tension like mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying like you could have had jake gyllenhaal and his brother uh, uh i forget the name the character's names but the you know yaya abdul mateen character they could have had an organic reason to have a fight over their hostages but instead you bring in these 
you know, quote unquote gangbangers or something to like be the actually scary people. It, it just makes no sense. I can, well, I'm, I can see like, I'm, I'm just thinking about my reaction when the gang showed up. And then I think you could argue that one purpose they served is to sort of force Gyllenhaal's character to make the decision to like side with his, his brother. Um, mm-hmm. So that, cause he's clearly, he has like ties with these, this gang on some level, like this was the life that he was leading. And so I don't know, I, I guess it sort of creates a, 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 a a moral gradient of some sort <laughs> where so like Jillian has to like make a choice to like I don't know it's like slight set half redemption of his where he like helps his brother shoot his way shoot their way out of the situation um so I guess mm-hmm. it has that sort of to sort of reflect positively on Jillian Hall's character even if only a little yeah it's just um, is there to but, show like yeah. he will eventually like side with his brother who who again he's he like he like that's the reason that he decides to do it is because this guy is like you know he's not your real brother like belittling his feelings towards this man so yeah i mean i agree with that i also think like if you were to if you were to redo this movie you could just have him get shot by a sniper and then just cut out everything between the snipers and the like final dash to the hospital and you would have been fine Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Get shot. If you need him to get yeah. shot to to end this movie, there's a billion other ways to have him get shot. I don't think it was necessary yeah. to go to the uh, the 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 bridal shop, but I think that once they're there, I liked. I you know I love a I love a scene where two people make a plan in front of the bad guys and then like <laughs> dart off to the sides and do the plan and win. Um, <laughs> I love the point in a uh, what's that movie? Uh, I Robot. When uh, the robot winks at Will Smith, I'm like, oh, shit, they're doing it. This is the best. <laughs> um, and and uh, anytime that happens in like psych or something, I'm just I'm such a huge fan of it. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I could probably pick apart the construction of this movie. But it resulted in a fun action scene that I liked. And that's what I came to this movie for. So why am I upset? It's like if I went to a restaurant and I was like, I would love, you know, um, you know, mozzarella sticks and then a hamburger and then uh, ice cream sundae. And in between the mozzarella sticks and the hamburger, they brought me a brownie. And I'm like, I didn't order this. This is not where this goes. But like, am I fucking upset that there's a brownie here now? No, I'm going to eat the brownie and then I'm going to eat everything else. I would not call that sequence a brownie. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> i would definitely call that uh sequence some broccoli it, yeah uh, no because broccoli would be like if they stopped to talk about like exactly why the america's healthcare system is a <laughs> <laughs> um, know, but like again i like most of everything that's happening in that scene um so like for me it is a brownie because again i i love yeah. a scene where it's like you know oh, i feel like it would be a diet coke for me right and but we should we both go left <laughs> like But this is the problem. I've seen so many movies where this happens, where if I'm ever in a situation like that and someone starts talking about like, you know, oh man, why can't things be, you know, like back like they were in Prague, man. Do you remember Prague? I would shoot both of them immediately because I would assume that they're about to try to turn on me because that's how it always happens in these movies. They reminisce. I did like uh, Yahya Abdul when he is uh, trying to help Cam and or no, was it 
was it him or was it uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character that he was trying to uh, help her resuscitate uh, the the cop at one point, and she was giving him instructions on how to use the uh, the little um, uh, charge pads mm-hmm. and. She was like, put it on his or put it on the right. And he's like, my right, his right. And she's oh, just yeah, like, his right. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, yeah, that would be confusing if someone is not yeah, clued like, into my, that. My right or your right. And she's like, his right. And that was definitely. Yeah. She also Jake called Dillon him like Hall. a dumbass or something. She was yeah. just like, yeah. But it yeah, I, no I enjoyed that somebody in her position would be as sassy as she is. Like, why not? Why not? Yeah. Like, they need her. It's clearly. <laughs> Yeah, I'd but I don't dick. know. Yeah, uh, I just have you ever been around fire. firefighters or no, EMTs? Of if, it's not that. It's that I don't buy somebody in a hostage situation just mouthing off like that. It just didn't feel. But isn't it more fun that she does? <laughs> no, because she's just a cardboard cutout female character. I don't. I didn't feel like that. But then again, I'm not a female, so I don't know. Maybe I don't have a right to speak on this. Uh, Jonah, what are your thoughts on the uh, feminism of Cam Thompson? <laughs> um, I'm kind of, I mean, I thought her, you know, it's not super well developed. I mean, I guess, but I didn't really have any issue with her. I was just kind of like, <sighs> I mean, I guess she fits a certain type, you know, sort of like mouthy and sassy and strong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of like ambivalent to be honest. I mean, I, I thought she, her performance was solid. Um, uh, she, I, I could see if, if you want to get to we'll try to justify why she mouths off. I mean, I think people respond to stress in different ways. <laughs> I could see like in this situation where they're trying to save somebody and she's really trying to do her job and she's like pissed because she's in this situation. I could see <laughs> a little sass coming out. Um, so yeah, I kind of like don't have strong opinions either way super much about her you know i thought i thought the the fact that she was the the most experienced emt was a was a big thing the fact that she wasn't overly emotionally invested in in the people that she was saving you know to start off Mm. with she basically had like the grizzled cop thing going on but she was a a female emt which I which I find uh, to be a fun riff on that, and I mean like it's not like everyone else here is a character, you know, straight from from Strindberg or something, you know, like these these are all to an extent archetypes, and they I are. think that I there just, is enough yeah. of a twist yeah. that didn't bother me about any of them. Like the the FBI agent, his literal only thing other than being FBI agent is the fact that he's in couples counseling with his husband, and then is like fuck both of you, I gotta go. Which again is just enough of a twist on the guy. No, no, like, no, no. He he kisses his husband. Oh, He's like, true. I yeah. love you. Yeah. yeah. But, like, but but he does he does say he, he does say at one point, are the dumb questions part of what I'm oh, being yeah, charged dumb, for? Are, dumb, are we being charged for the dumb questions too? But yeah, he's yeah. got, he's again, that's like the grizzled cop, like, oh, the old lady, like she doesn't understand it type of thing. And then, uh, <laughs> but then he's got to go because he's got bad guys to, to stop. And he just so happens to have like spent two semesters at University of Maryland, baby. Go Terps, my alma mater with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. I liked it. You know who um, I loved in this movie was um, Olivia Stambulia. 
Oh yeah, uh, yes. as, as dancing. Yeah, she's fucking or... great. I I want the spinoff about her. Honestly, um, yeah. As, as I like that little magic. mobile fortress. I mean, that was yeah. pretty yeah. But I find it weird that you would apparently be all in on her, but think that like Isaac Gonzalez's character is a cardboard cutout because she's fucking boring. And this other <laughs> chick is like a big ass, like I don't know, like flirty doesn't give a woman like it's it's so normal you literally just ex- described cam thompson as well no i'm not i think i think casting makes a difference because it's very normalized to have a slim beautiful faced beautiful baby faced like sexy baby badass like ass kicking quote-unquote woman i mean it's basically what joss whedon invented like 30 years ago with buffy the vampire slayer what you don't ever see is like a big woman on screen, like what I'm saying, like literally a big woman uh, who gets to be flirty and fun and smart and and hardcore. Like you actually never see that. And I liked that. That was different. That was probably the most different. I feel or well, okay, I shouldn't I, say most different, but that was like the most unexpected type of character in a movie like maybe I've just been softened up to it because I, I was just about to say like single drunk female had that character. And she was like the best character. Yeah, on the show, that's like a <laughs> like that's that, a, a woman's oriented freeform TV series, not a Michael Bay movie. But you said you'd never see that person, so like I don't know. I just in, a, I in an action movie, in an action movie like this. Interesting. I you just don't I, really see that character. I'm talking. Single drunk female is a is a move is a TV series about like the psychological impacts of having a disease like alcoholism it's not a big dumb like action movie and that's what makes it that's what makes that interesting like if there was an action movie that was maybe not about the character but that featured a character like the person that Stambulia is playing then maybe i as a non-bay head would have something to cling to like that would draw me to the movie but she is in the movie yeah, but I'm saying if, like, I saw this be movie like because major supporting character. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, obviously, I saw this movie because we're covering on the podcast, and mm-hmm. you know, there's interest in it and everything. But if I was just like a citizen going to the movies, I would not choose to see this movie unless it featured somebody like that actress, who I I've also seen her in other stuff and really liked her. But I'm just giving an example of like ways in which quote unquote representation actually does make a difference when you're drawing uh, viewers to your stuff. Like, yeah, I would watch a big, dumb action movie with a more featured character like that, for sure. It's okay. it's new. I don't, it's weird because I don't feel like it is, but I can't at this moment, like, conjure up what, what another, uh, another version of it. I just, like, when she came in, I was like, yeah, no, obviously. Like that didn't feel particularly for that felt as as on the nose as almost everything else in this movie. But do those characters, because I've seen characters like what you're describing or like what I'm describing, but they're usually treated as the joke. And I did not see her as like a clown. I didn't see her as like the butt of a joke. I didn't see her as this like, quote unquote, like ironic character. She's just a woman doing her job and being a little like wink, wink. And and maybe we've seen it on TV, but I've never seen it in a in a movie like this. 
I don't know, because like this movie, I would say that like outside of the dude in the Birkenstocks, I don't know that anyone fulfills the joke character role. Like, I feel like this movie makes a very conscious decision to like be like everyone is everyone is a everyone's a guy. Everyone's here. They're doing the thing. Except for this. Yeah, everyone's very serious. <laughs> yeah, you think and could have used more humor. Hmm. Could it have used more humor? Absolutely not. No, I don't. I'm not one of those people who needs like. In fact, I would. You know, Jonah, you could probably back me up on this. One of the things that Bay, I think, is rightly slammed for a lot is fuck off terrible humor, especially in like the Transformers movies. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Um, and I agree. I, I do think this film. Yeah, I, like, again, my I was gently positive on it, but I do think <laughs> I, I, I thought its tone was pretty soft. Like, I like that it took itself largely pretty seriously um, and didn't try to deflate the tension or anything like that as much i did appreciate that yeah yeah no i mean yeah so, someone on in the slack channel today posted a video of uh of what's his face who's the shitty guy the guy who got that no one ever talks about anymore who is in silicon wow Valley. tj something tj miller yeah um they they showed his like death scene in one of the transformers movies and i feel like and they also had a, a like an IB trivia where apparently Michael Bay was shouting him like, you're not saying anything funny, TJ. There's 200 people on the set. You haven't made him laugh. You're here to be funny. And I feel like that's like the Michael Bay that I don't like is the Michael Bay who's like, we've got this character here. It's all right. He's going to be a funny guy. Like everything else around you is going absolutely fucking insane. But like, we're going to have this one guy who's going to say something and maybe he's going to be big. He's probably going to be a bigger guy or maybe he's going to be like a nerdy guy, but there's definitely going to be a guy who makes jokes and you're just like, Michael, we don't need this. Like the jester. Yeah, we don't need the fool on the edges of this. Like, you know, I'm good with people making like self-deprecating jokes in the middle of a gunfight. Or I'm also good that with That was Gyllenhaal, like, totally. Oh, yeah. And that's why I was good with it. Because every once in a while, Gyllenhaal would, would say something absolutely fucking crazy. And I'd be like, this is it. This is what I'm in this. <laughs> this is what I'm in this movie theater for. It's just like when Actually, I'm watching Triple yeah. Nine and uh, Woody Harrelson's just like drunk as fuck and saying some nonsense. <laughs> and I'm like, ha Woody. <laughs> I, I will say, though, I, I rewatched The Rock a few days ago, and I think that film has some really hilarious banter. And I think it's really well done, personally. Well, like, it's even used in here. Yeah. yeah, yeah in the, in yes, the opening. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. You yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. I do love so, that. That in that in that thing that we're talking about, where the two cops are speaking, and he's like, you know, you know, you know what Sean Connery said in that movie, like, you know, the losers always whine about their best, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. And the guy's like, I never saw that movie. He's like, The Rock, and he's like, Yeah, I know who The Rock is. He used to be a wrestler, and it was just, it was kind of fun that the movie was like making fun of how long Michael Bay's career <laughs> has been and how like this super fucking awesome like hip as shit movie is now something that like zillennials or gen z or even like young millennials don't know what the fuck it is i honestly don't even know what it is you don't because you're an alien from another world (laughs) you've never seen a michael bay film before i Um, mean i've heard of i heard of like all all most of his other movies you know like bad boys and shit like obviously but like i definitely do not know what the rock is it's the one where they go to alcatraz (laughs) it's the one (laughs) I just Sean Connery. They've got the the flares and the 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 needle that goes into your heart, and they got to stay alive. And Ed Harris is in it. 
Yeah, no. And, uh, I, I, I don't know why you keep going down this route, Nicholas Cage Brian. It's, says, this is a closed route. <laughs> this is a closed route. Brian. I'm a dead end. <laughs> it's not. I mean, the movie. it's not like I'm not a film critic. It's just that I don't. I don't peddle in these genres at all. Like this is not what I. It's fine. Well, I'm glad that's, we could that's open what up your brings Robin, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> go through and find all the other like you know mid '90s style actioner programmers that are gonna come out, and we're gonna watch all of them. So I originally, do have plans to see Pearl Harbor since we've actually visited Pearl oh. Harbor a few months ago, and when we went, uh, so it was funny because when we went, we there was I don't know if you have been there but it's like a pretty open space it's there's not a lot of indoors you know so not like really mm-hmm. a museum it's more like you see the bay and you yeah. know monuments and stuff like that and so as we were walking around we saw a family that was being led around by this i think he was like an ex-military person um and he was basically giving like a private tour at you know i guess maybe he was a pearl harbor expert or something and it was really interesting listening because Every single thing he referenced was like, and you may remember from the movie Pearl Harbor, this is where this happens. And this is what happens here. And everybody's like, okay, but did that actually happen in the movie? And like, they just kept referencing this. That's funny because I don't feel like that's a big well-known everyone that's seen why i was so surprised oh, that I like the titanic you know <laughs> exactly exactly i was so shocked that not only was this guy like constantly referencing it in terms of the context of the historical stuff that the people in the tour were like oh can you tell me more about that scene in the movie and I was like, that sounds like a joke like, like a, a group of tourists being like this is the Pearl Harbor, like the movie. Yeah, that's Pearl what it felt Harbor. like. Is this <laughs> where the real movie Pearl Harbor was filmed? Now, how did is this a like shell crater from the movie what made Pearl it weirder, Harbor? What made it weirder is that these weren't. This was not like a tour that was being given as part of the experience. I think these people hired this soldier who has some expertise in Pearl Harbor to like walk them around Pearl Harbor unless it was some kind of like Airbnb. These, these people yeah. were clearly hired by Michael Bay to just then, walk around Pearl Harbor and just reference the movie. So then you would go home. So then you would go home as go see it. Yep. He's, yeah, he knows really what he's did. doing. He's it seeing his, his rental numbers spike every week. He's just like, it's fucking working. We need guerrilla marketing. Because Someone I was needs- like, wow, Everybody knows Pearl Harbor except me. I better see this movie. No, I don't. You know, of Robin of all his films, I, <laughs> yeah, I would not say that's that's the one to go after. I would say The me, Rock like, and Armageddon for right, sure. Which which Michael Bay films should I see? I would say first The Rock, then maybe The Island, just to like so you get an idea of like where he's gonna go. But then yeah, like Armageddon is a great one. You know, you gotta you gotta listen to that. Aerosmith song a billion times. <laughs> I'm definitely watching Pearl Harbor this weekend just to just to be a rebel. That's all right. That's all do right. Do it. You can um, do that. Just people like on that the the memorial for the USS Arizona. They're like, wow. So like, is this the real boat that they sunk? In yes, the exactly. Pearl <laughs> well, you know what's so annoying about that trip is that uh, the memorial that was closed was... Oh, because really? there was some issue with the dock. That that that. So basically, their memorial is in the middle of the harbor. And you're supposed to go to the memorial, like you take like a little boat to the memorial and you stand over it and then you see the ship underneath the memorial and it's supposed to be very like emotional, except the boat 
wasn't working. So we couldn't actually go and do the thing. So you're just walking around like, oh, this is this is an interesting bee. Like <laughs> there's not much else going on. Um, but I, I mean, was it it was good enough to get me to see this Michael Bay movie that's on my list now. So well, that's so good. I am I am, I suppose, glad to hear that. <laughs> So one thing that I ran across while looking up some information about this film was apparently uh, Dylan O'Brien was originally supposed to be uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's brother in this film. And some scheduling conflicts ended up uh, putting Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second in there instead. So... That's that's a nice little cute little reference to why they are, you know, two adoptive brothers and, you know, people keep making reference to y'all are brothers, you know. So, yeah, if you don't know who Dylan O'Brien is, he played in incredibly white man. (laughs) Yes. He also played in the Percy Jackson films, if I'm not mistaken. He was also a child. He was, I was about to say, first of all, he's 20 years younger than Jake Gyllenhaal. Second, <laughs> wasn't he also oh, in no. Shelley? He's actually Shelby? 30 now. No, Shirley. no, this, huh? He was in Shirley, wasn't he? Uh, so that kid was actually the wrong kid. He, he was, he was, uh, actually in another, uh, young adult film, uh, The Maze Runner. So that's where he's from. Sorry. So who, wait, who was the one? <laughs> who was the one from the thing that you were talking about? Who was the one who you was said, Shelley? You said, wait, wait. So who was in Shirley? Dylan O'Brien is. I have no idea what Shirley is. Bill, if we, oh my God, I forget sometimes just exactly how bad your memory is. It's the one about Shirley Jackson. Oh, okay. You're talking about that film. <laughs> this yeah, film called I, Shirley? Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. I, well, I'm sorry. I, I see a lot of movies. Uh, no, I do not remember that movie um, that much. And I don't remember a kid in it. So. I can, we can't get into child? the plot of Shirley right now. We just can't. What plot? Jesus. Why would we get into the plot of Shirley? He's, he's not, not even in this he's film. He's like a young adult. He's a he's a whole human being. And now I'm going to look it up and it's not even going to be Dylan O'Brien. No, it's not because it's Logan Lerman who looks exactly like Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, they are our white boys generation's white boy. uh, Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is 30 years old uh, and he looks like he's about 17. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's another reason why he wouldn't have worked. He was good in Love and Monsters. I don't know what that means. It's a movie that came out in 2020. All right. You know, this this episode goes to show that there's just too many movies, too many genres. Not everybody gets to see everything over the course of their life. It just happens. And this is why uh, Marvel in 20 years will be the only movie that ever comes out. <laughs> the, the, your movie. <laughs> it's just Yeah, it's just going to be like every movie is technically a Marvel movie. It's like Marvel. You know what? People ER won't doctors. give a shit because they prefer TV. TV Maybe. is preferred. It's, I guess, the dominant it's easier to cultural... access. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, this like... film's coming out like on Peacock and not that long. 17 Ambulance? days. 17 days after theatrical release. So huh. in like a couple of weeks. And speaking of, Batman's actually coming to HBO, if I'm not mistaken, next week. So if wow. you've got four and a half hours to kill, you can watch the <laughs> Batman. And then kill yourself. 
because that movie's fucking Did you terrible. hate it? I can't remember. I did. Oh, yeah, did. <laughs> what is happening to us? Yes, I hated I, that movie. My husband and my Biffy loved it and were like talking about it endlessly this weekend. Is it great? I don't it's a know great what film. A Biffy is. You're Biffy. Like, B-I-F-F? B-I-F-F-Y? Or B-I-F-F-I? It's just like you're Biffy. Like you're B-F-F- why? E. Okay, this what is not why e I'm staying here. <laughs> it's just like your baby, your Biffy. Isn't it just why we don't need new terms for BFF? Hello, my honey. Hello, my darling. Hello, my sweetie pie. All right, Bill Graham okay. has turned let's into get the fuck out of here. that frog Bill is getting that insane. sings. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the drones in this movie. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about what the what, fuck did someone you... get him a drone for like Christmas exactly. and he's just like, whoa, guys, right, like check I, this shit out. Like I, said, I don't he, need a crane at all. He saw the, 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 the bowling video and was like, let's do that. Jonah, you had brought up the, the, the drones initially. Would you like to make statements about drones? Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was like cool the first couple times. Um, but there's like a lot of them. And sometimes <laughs> I know. And I feel like, you know, I, I would expect them to almost like have a sort of establishing shot function. You know, they, they, they do like, the, the, was it like a spacing down at first, like twirling around. I thought it would yeah. like settle behind a truck or something, like track with it. But then it just ends like still like, I don't know, a hundred feet off the ground. And it just doesn't orient us at all. doesn't really do anything except to sort of just show off the drone. It feels like. Which is kind of, I don't know. I, I can appreciate that to an extent. It's like kind of has a, it's like going on a roller coaster in some ways. But I don't. There's just a lot of them, and they get kind of repetitive for me. And they seem like just abruptly cut short. And, and, and like they, I kind of wish they'd sort of like gone, you know, like fought, tracked like the cars moving a little more or something. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can get behind that. The yeah, editing in this movie is insane. It's to, it's like <laughs> to the point where you don't even, you can't even tell what's happening at any moment. Like, I just want to see these people and you can't because you're just, you get like literally eight cuts where there would be maybe one or two. It's wild. And I'm totally fine with it. Um, yeah, I agree though about the drones, how it's weird that like, they don't like zip up the building, spin around, come back down and like settle behind the ambulance. But I'll, I'll go you one better, Jonah. It's weird that like <laughs> they'll be used as an insert shot of someone like walking to a door like there are so many times especially in the bank robbery sequence when yeah. the drone begins in like one room goes through a window into a second room and then just like goes up and i'm just like that was completely unnecessary <laughs> that was wildly yeah. unnecessary like i was like how do you even shoot a michael bay film it just feels like you got like seven toddlers, handed them mini DV cameras, <laughs> and just had them roaming the set for every take, and then you just edit it together. And again, I loved this movie, but it is what, like, you know, you watch a Marvel movie and you're like, previous, 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 none of this was actually shot anywhere, these are seven people who are composited later on, and you're, you know, it's technically the more technologically impressive thing. But then you watch a Michael Bay movie and you're like, these people are actually in this bank set and somehow they are having to shoot <laughs> these 47 insert shots where the camera's tilted to the side and spinning. And just what is Michael Bay telling his crew and the actors 
for every setup. He's like, okay, guys, great. We got the Dutch angle, but now I want the Dutch angle with the, the 360 clockwise. Then we've got to do the counterclockwise. Then I'm going to fly this drone at your face. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Five stars. I, I gotta, I gotta ask: Was Michael Bay in this film at several points? Because I definitely noticed a guy with long, like you know, uh, shoulder-length hair that kept on appearing in this film, and I was just like, "This motherfucker's in the, in his own movie, isn't he?" And like, yeah, I like noticed him several times. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because that's gonna bug me. Does um, he do that? Is that like a Tarantino? I don't know. I don't does? think it is. No, I don't. I don't know that he's ever been in a movie, in his movie. I am. I am. I just accidentally scrolled down Logan Lerman's um, IMDb portfolio or whatever you want to call it, and I have definitely been mixing up him and that other guy that we're talking about, whose name I can't even remember now. Dylan O'Brien for like twenty years. <laughs> Oh my god. So wait, Dylan O'Brien is the one who is in American Assassin. Oh man, I keep, uh, he's in uh, Logan Lerman's the one who's in Fury. I've been telling people I love Brian or Dylan Dylan O'Brien in Fury. I'm bad at this. We have too many white guy actors. This is like when we had all those like Chips and Charlies running around in like 2007 and it was just impossible to keep a hold of anyone. How about all the Chrises? The you know what's weird is that even though they all have the same name, they are all distinctive as fuck. Mm. Like I could never mix up Chris Evans with Chris Pine with Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pine and Chris Evans are literally the same man. Oh my god, you are so wrong, and you are not in any way even slightly heterosexual on the Kinsey scale if you believe they look <laughs> the same. Whereas I, upon looking at both of them, become like hardcore in the homosexual range. First of all, Chris Evans is is seemingly taller and buffer with a more angular, distinctive jawline. <laughs> Chris Pine has just gorgeous, that gorgeous same guy, eyes with floppy same hair, boring ass face. a broader face. He's a little shorter, a little easier to hold on to when the, the thunder comes. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes. Not my type. That's That's fine. He doesn't have to be. One less person for me to, to battle over with him. <laughs> oh, I prefer man. the little sniveling rat face gits of the world. Yep. Um, we are coming to the end. Before we do that, Jonah, was there anything else about this movie that you wanted to talk about or anything about the way it fits into like Bay's oeuvre? Like, did you feel like this was a substantial evolution for Bay, or did you feel like this is him just like knocking a solid double up the center like he always does? Uh, yeah, I feel it's kind of middle of the road bay for me. Um, I, I've sort of already elaborated on some of my thoughts. I guess one thing I asked earlier about how you guys thought the action here like stacked against Bay's other stuff. I do find the you know the parts that were just kind of pure bay like crank to eleven like maximalism. I kind of wish there was a little more. Uh, I guess maybe I felt the setting was a bit limiting for his tendencies. Like I liked films that really let him like, and I, I guess Brian, you mentioned Bay's sort of tactile spectacle. And I like that aspect too. I kind of wish he'd like, he like had more varied of a setting that lets him like create more detailed, like moving parts. 
Um, instead of just like, I don't know, like concrete breaking or a car flipping over, but like really homing in on like little bits of glass and metal and bodies like flying around. And I think, um, I don't know if you all seen Six Underground yet, but the I think the opening chase in that I think is a great example of what I like to see uh, in, in Bay's films. And I kind of wish this one had leaned into that level of like visual complexity, I guess. Um, but yeah, overall, again, I'd say gently positive for me. Um, I like the second half a bit more than the first. And it's if you like Bay, I think you should probably check it out. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Six Underground. I feel like that came out like right before the thing happened. The thing, the uh, the pandemic. It was like a couple months before yeah, 2019. Yeah, like yeah, late 2019. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like I just like I'm not interested. First of all, Ryan Reynolds is not a big draw for me. Um, yeah, me neither. But <laughs> also, like, if I'm gonna see a Michael Bay film. I want to see it at least the first time on the big screen. Like to, to, mm. to me, that's a massive draw for me. Like I was sitting there watching this movie on the big screen and I was like, this isn't a movie about a goddamn cow. This is a movie about an ambulance that cannot and will not stop, you know? And that's the type of movie that, that belongs on the big <laughs> screen. And that's my shitty Trevor Noah take of the day. Keep your fucking cows off my big screen if it doesn't have a flaming ambulance, I don't want to be here for it. <laughs> okay. Before we go, I really, I think the the biggest issue that I had with this movie is that I just wasn't sure who to root for. Oh, that's what I liked And I about wasn't it. sure. And which is fine. I mean, if there's like some moral gray area, but I guess I just wasn't sure what, what I wanted the goal to be. Like, I didn't want them to get away with it. Didn't mm. necessarily want them to die either. Although Jake Gyllenhaal definitely deserved it. I just wasn't sure what even the characters thought they were going to get away with. Like they really thought that they were going to somehow elude the cops and keep the money. Like it, it was the whole point that Jake Gyllenhaal was just like totally delusional throughout the movie. And I think it was, yeah. Brother was just in a difficult situation. Like, I, I guess I just could not get to those motivations. I think there's a point at which, you know, you, you're 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 caught up in the momentum of what's happening and what you've done, and it, it it is easier to keep moving forward than to stop and actually have to like face consequences. And it it, it that is the moment where the brothers threaten to split is when Yaya is like, "Hey, man, it's it's over. There's no there's no walking out of this. Like this is this is it." And Gyllenhaal is like, no, man, like we don't stop. We could keep going. Like we get the money, we run, we get like we turn away. And it's just like, no, 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 no. It's like a pure Butch Cassidy, Thelma and Louise. Right. But Yaya is like, no, we're not. We're not just jumping to the next section of this chase. Like it's we're not going to leave these guys here with these guys. We're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to go. We're going to leave. We're going to take them. We're going to do the right thing. This is have to stop. And um and they they do it. I mean, so yeah, I, it to me one of the best parts of the movie was like there's a lot of of shit that's you know Yahya Abdul Mateen's will is not pure. Like you know he goes in on this this crazy ass scheme and he shoots the cop and he keeps driving the fucking van. Like and he is clearly stuck in this situation that he cannot figure out how to extricate himself from cleanly. And and he's he's lost. And Jake Gyllenhaal's character is a maniac, and well, was never gonna was never gonna survive. Um, but it, you know, I didn't really want the cops to win, but I didn't want them to lose. Like I didn't want, I I couldn't even figure out exactly how 
they were going to be able to to fix this this situation. And it ends in a way where I don't think, you know, Will's going to get out of it. I think he's going to serve some time. Like, there's no way he can. Oh, definitely. You know, but, you know, the, even at the end, the cop, you know, kind of exonerates him, at least of the shooting. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot that's there. And I, I liked, you know, my constantly shifting sensation of, like, who is the person here that I most want to succeed, which is which is best kind of symbolized in the moments where um, Shot Cop's uh, partner is like right on the verge of like catching up with them. And I'm like, I like this guy in his righteous fury because he deserves to be angry because his partner got shot and kidnapped. But also like, you know, Will just wants his fucking wife to not die of cancer. And why is that a bad thing? Um, yeah. So in terms of being a, a good update of a John Q movie, this is, this is right up there. Yeah. It definitely felt John Q ish to me. There's a little bit of John Q, which is another movie that we have talked about on this podcast. Yeah. 2020 was a weird, <laughs> a weird year for movie reviews on this podcast. But yeah. Any final thoughts from anyone before we wrap up? I will take your silence to me. No. So that is it. Those are our thoughts on Ambulance, which again is out in theaters now. I believe it was number two this weekend. Far behind the juggernaut that is Sonic 2. (laughs) Too too fast, too Sonic? I don't know. Um, So yeah, uh, we didn't talk about that. I hope hope no one's upset. Uh, But... (laughs) We didn't talk about the first one, so we thought we'd be lost. Ambulance will apparently be coming to Peacock soon, so you can look forward to that if you don't feel like going to the movie theaters yet. And um, yeah, we are again brought to you by Mubi, M-U-B-I dot com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial of Mubi. So check that out if you would like. And don't forget to go to patreon.com slash film stage show to give us your money. Uh, Robin Barr, what are we talking about next week? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yay. Um, that should be a conversation. It's going to be fun. I don't believe that, but I have hope. I, I want it to be fun, but like... You're such a contrarian. And not I'm even not a contrarian. I just like... Ugh, it's just, I don't uh, like ugh. when critics like movies. <laughs> there's, a, there's a tenor that certain critics take that makes me feel like I can't trust their opinion. And this movie's Aren't got that shit critic? all over it. Yeah, and I hate it. And I don't like it. And I don't like any of you people either. <laughs> um... <laughs> It is funny though. I've got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> and you're all gonna hear about it. What what was I gonna say? Robin, when you said like citizens, I think, like when they see a movie, and it's funny because I often refer to like, what normies? <laughs> yeah, like non-critics I call civilians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. it's not everybody's a cr- like when I say uh civilians versus critics, I don't I'm actually or when I'm saying civilians, I don't mean non-critics. I mean like people who are not into movies. Yes, who, like, who see like, movies like 80% are not like, of the population. <laughs> yeah, like my husband's not a critic, but he's definitely not a civilian. Right. But and like my my brother-in-law is not a critic but is not a civilian, but like my sister's 100% a fucking civilian. Right. Like she'll wait, be like wait, wait, am I using it's right? We're not the brass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. All right, Robin. You and me and Bill we're boots on the ground, all right? Yeah. Jordan Raup, our benevolent lord and master, is the brass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tastemaker. 
All right. I'm going to spend 40 minutes after we hang up, explain to Robin Barr what the brass is. <laughs> all right. But anyway, uh, look forward to us talking at some point next week about everything everywhere all the time. And all at once. What fucking ever. <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. What's the um, Soderbergh movie that we watched last year? <laughs> no, Any Which Way But Loose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't back down. Yeah, one of those. It's, it's all right, baby. It's uh, what was it? It was it was like stand your ground. What was the? Come on, man. I'm you not know. doing a bit. I literally, it was like no, don't make a move. There are no moves. Yeah, yeah, no, no false move. moves. No, no sudden s- move. Oh no, sudden. Damn it! I was close. I was gonna say no sudden movements. Close. <laughs> anyway yes it's gonna be that situation so i i apologize in advance for calling that movie the wrong thing all the time it's gonna be like me trying to say timothy shalom shamalan shamalay shalomay shamalan (laughs) timothy shamalan i don't know oh my god anyway that's it for today uh we hope you all look forward to joining us next week when we talk about that movie that we just talked about a bunch and um, for that, let's tell the fine people at home where it can be found between now and the next time that we're shouting in their ears about nonsense. Jonah, would you like to tell people where you can be found online? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my hand, actually, I haven't looked at my handle for a while. I believe it's just my name. Yeah, at Jonah Jang. Um, and then you can go to Moby's uh, publication, The Notebook. Just type my name in and you can read my stuff on action movies. Can I just tell you how incredible it is that you didn't know what your own Twitter handle was? <laughs> I just I respect don't look, it more. <laughs> right. I, feel I don't like, look at it routinely. <laughs> I feel like I wake up in the morning and you, you just hear me muttering like Brian Jerome at Brian Jerome.com. Instagram Brian Jerome.com. So it's just great. It's like it's like you have a life and live it. <laughs> that must be nice. <laughs> I, I get I, I one hopes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, all right, Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG. You can also find me on Instagram at Billstagram. And of course, mixing it up in the Slack channel. Hell yeah. You know, we were saying this, that you're not mixing it up that much, man. No, I've, I've been a little bit busy. So more like yeah, lightly, lightly stirring in the Slack channel. <laughs> Zing. All right. Uh, Robin Barr about me oh yeah uh, you can find me on twitter <laughs> like, am i mixing it up what yeah. about me what about me that's the great like that's how i'm gonna sign off anytime anyone asks me anything about myself it's just like what about me mm-hmm. what about me what about barb so, <laughs> you can follow me on twitter at r-o-b-y-n-b-a-h-r that's my name i'm also on letterboxd uh, and sometimes you can find my writing at the Hollywood Reporter. All right. As for me, you can find my personal site, BrianJerowen.com. Uh, on Twitter, at BrianJerowen, as we have said. Uh, Instagram, at BrianJerowen. Link, le- link box? Letterboxd, at BrianJerowen. Find me on LinkedIn, at BrianJerowen. Are we all Bob Buttled today? Like, what is going on? I am. I have been so extremely tired all day. It's insane. What does babuddled mean? Uh, you know, like, fungo. Like, uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. That, that clears it up. Uh, that's not sarcastic either that doesn't clear up <laughs> <laughs> you're just like your brain's melted yeah no that's me right now 
What was I going to say? Uh, and of course, uh, SchmidtSpirits.com to learn more about my distillery, InkwellWhiskey.com to learn more about my personal whiskey that'll be coming out soon. And um, don't forget that we can be found on TheFilmStage.com with all of our writing and every episode of this here podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next week. Oh,